Has anyone seen that documentary on Netflix called This Is Your House? Written by an obscurity notice. I've been asking all my friends about this documentary after what happened to me and no one else seems to have seen it. No one other than me that is and honestly, I'm terrified. Cards on the table, I watch a lot of documentaries and I pretty much rinse through every single one on every streaming service. My fascination for all things documentary started as a kid, watching David Attenborough, and it never really stopped. In fact, I love documentaries so much, I work part-time as an assistant sound tech at a major YouTube channel that specializes in true crime documentaries. I hope one day to become a doc filmmaker, but that's a long way off, as I'm only just now following my passion at 30 years old. My day job is working as a cleaner at a large chemical facility, which I am not allowed to name. The work isn't great, but it pays okay since it's work with hazardous chemicals. Needless to say, at the end of a workday, I'm exhausted. Last week wasn't much different. I got back home on a Tuesday night absolutely exhausted, and the first thing I typically do after a long day is go to my fridge, crack open a beer, and then collapse on the sofa in front of the TV. I waited for Netflix to load, then surfed the documentaries category again for the umpteenth time. I had watched every single one of these. I went through them at a record rate, granted, but it was kind of disappointing that absolutely nothing new was in that category this week. I was about to switch it off when I noticed it. The thumbnail was blank, and the title simply read in that quintessential Netflix red. This is your house. There was no description next to it. Nothing to tell me what it was. Not even a trailer I could click through and watch. A small chill ran up my spine. What was this? Probably a glitch. My brain rationalized. Netflix had them from time to time and there was no reason to assume it was anything more than that. Maybe I had caught the app mid-update or something. I switched the TV off, got up from the sofa, and left my beer on the coffee table. It was best that I showered anyway. I had to shower leaving the facility. They were pretty strict about that because of the hazardous chemicals I had to work with. But my home shower after the commute always relaxed me much more and felt much more comfortable. I was sure after my shower, this weird thing would be gone. But when I got back, I took a sip of my beer, which wasn't chilled anymore, but still cool enough to enjoy, and switched the TV on again to surf Netflix. There, in the documentary section, the same doc showed up again. This is your house. Except this time, the thumbnail wasn't blank. It showed the number nine. I frowned. 
I lived at number nine. So this was a weird coincidence. And in the description box now, instead of nothing, it said in quotation marks, a film unlike any other. That was the point I should have just switched my TV off or at least watched something more chilled. Crushed the curiosity when it began to worm its way into my mind. But I didn't. And that's entirely on me. With every part of my brain screaming otherwise, I pressed play movie. The first screen usually showed the production house. And most production houses pulled out all the stops to make any animation worthy of it. This one was simple. It said, Third Eye Productions, with a crudely drawn eye drawing on top of it. The screen then faded into nine different smaller screens. Each one was like one of those home cameras that you could see into someone else's house with. I waited for a host or someone to announce themselves to speak about what was going on. When nothing happened, I squinted at the screen. Each one was like a shot of either a living room, a bedroom, or a kitchen. And I could see people going about their evenings, seemingly unaware of the camera, which made me deeply uncomfortable. The videos were marked by numbers and time codes. The numbers were 1 to 9, and the time code was... I looked at the clock on my living room wall and took a step back. The time code was now. 7 p.m. on the 13th of April. I turned my head back so quickly to the screen it nearly gave me whiplash. The fuck? Quickly, I moved to take a closer look at the videos on the screen. And then I saw it. A guy standing in front of his TV, peering closely at his screen. It was video number nine. Panicked, my eyes flew to the first of the nine cameras, and I recognized my neighbor, Mrs. Jacobson, sipping a cup of tea in her living room. The fifth was the young couple who always smiled at me and said hi on my way to work. Every one of these cameras was in my apartment building. But that wasn't the terrifying part. The terrifying part was the tall, thin, shadow-like things that were in the corner of the room in every frame. It looked human, but it couldn't be. It looked wrong. The body was contorted and twisted in ways that were simply not possible. And I could not see its face. It was looking at the wall. And its feet were facing the wrong way around. In my room, it was in the corner by the TV. My eyes flew in that direction my whole body jolting as though I could not sense the danger there. But there was nothing there. 
My eyes flicked back to the screen, and I muffled a small cry when I realized that in each frame, the things had moved. I backed away from the screen and nearly fell onto the couch, panic starting to rise in my throat. And then, all of a sudden, the things disappeared. I watched them dissolve into thin air on the screen, just like that. I turned back to the wall where the camera angle was coming from and grabbed the stepladder that was lying next to the bookshelves. I ran my hands down the wall and found nothing. There was no camera there. I was really freaking out now. I grabbed my phone off the couch and called the super. He answered the phone cheerfully, and I babbled down in a hurry. Listen, there are cameras in all the apartments, including mine, and there are weird things in all of our apartments. But as I turned to the screen, I saw that it was blank. The super, whose name was Joe, Sounded about as confused as I felt. Chris, is that you? I moved, with the phone still in hand. I touched the black mirror that seemingly gleamed with my own distraught face now, seeming like it had never been on today at all. What the fuck? It was right there. What happened? Chris, are you there? Joe was starting to sound worried. I took a deep breath. How was I going to explain this with no evidence? Ah, yeah. I'm okay, Joe. Sorry. I just thought I saw something. After I put down the phone, I dumped my toothbrush, fresh clothes, and a uniform into my gym bag. I needed evidence but I was not going to stay here tonight. Instead, I texted my brother, and after he confirmed, I left my apartment to crash at his place. The next day after work, and with a clearer head, I started my commute back to my apartment building. I had spent the night talking to my brother. We had scoured his Netflix app together and found no such movie. By the end of the night, he had managed to convince me that it was over-tiredness or just working with hazardous chemicals. Maybe one of them set off a hallucination in me. And, logically, that can happen. We are warned about it at work. And as I looked out the train window, I watched the buildings go by. I really needed a new job. When my stop finally came, I walked out of the station and slowly trudged uphill to my building. Absolute chaos greeted me. Police cars, press, yellow tape everywhere. My panic rose in my throat. I pushed past two police officers who tried to stop me from going in. I live here! I shouted, but stopped when I finally saw the bodies. 
23 people lived in my apartment building and there were 22 corpses covered in bloody sheets being carted into ambulances. 22 bodies that I later learned had been turned inside out. I've been sitting in the police station for six hours now and I've told my story again and again but as the only survivor of a mass killing that they don't even have a murder weapon for as it was so impossible they have no one else to turn to no one else who lived there survived the night I just happened to have left before the carnage and they keep asking me what made me leave I told them about the documentary a hundred times the cameras the things in the corner they told me I had PTSD and that maybe I was in shock that I was crazy and delusional and they were going to refer me to a psychiatrist I told them that I didn't need a shrink and I could prove it so I tried to open the Netflix app on my phone to show it to them. But the movie isn't there. And every time I try to click on anything else, the app glitches to the same message. A message I don't understand. Congratulations, number nine. You survived. It is your turn to make the movie. I found my family in the backyard, written by Emotional Luke Boy. I guess I should start this by saying that I'm writing this in case I go missing or end up dead. Either way, it would not be a surprise to me. This all started a few weeks ago and at this point, I'm not sure how to proceed. My family consists of my parents, me, my older sister, and our dog that we've had since my sister was a little kid. Our dog Jack has always adored my family, me included. But as of a few weeks ago, he won't even go near them, let alone come into the house while they're home. He just stands there, cowering in fear and sometimes barking at them. He's also become incredibly protective of me. If one of my family members tries to touch me or gets too close, he's right there, ready to bite. I understand why he's scared, though. I think if the situation was different, I would be too. But even as I am saying this, I feel very at ease. About three weeks ago, my parents and my sister left to attend one of her many band concerts while I stayed home and did chores. This is how it had always been. 
I didn't really care to go to her concert, so I was fine with getting the house to myself for a few hours. They left around 6 p.m. and told me they would be home by 10 p.m. And the hours went by relatively quickly as I completed my chores. But eventually I got the last hour and a half to just relax. 10 o'clock rolled on by and they weren't home yet. No big deal. They probably just stopped for takeout somewhere, I initially thought. It hit around 11.30 and I was starting to get tired, but also increasingly concerned as to why my family wasn't back yet. That wasn't like them. They would always come home on time. I sat myself down in the living room with Jack, hoping that they would walk through the door at any second. I kept him close to me, close enough to hear his ragged breathing. I had the TV going and a few lights on to keep myself awake, although my anxiety had been doing a good job at that. After about 30 more minutes of my ever-increasing anxiety, I felt eyes piercing my back. Jack's eyes were glued to the window peering out over the driveway, and honestly, I was freaked out. I glanced towards the window and saw nothing, so I tried to shrug it off, but I just couldn't shake the feeling that someone, or rather something, was out there. And that's when the knocking started. There's no way my dad would have been careless enough to forget his house keys. And even if that had been the case, I knew my sister had a spare. So who would have been knocking on our front door that late at night? I hopped off the couch and tried to at least go towards the door to use the peephole. But Jack aggressively blocked my way. He just started going crazy, barking, pushing me away, anything he could do to keep me away from that door. Eventually, I gave in and decided to just head to bed. If they weren't back by the morning, I was going to go to the police. That night, I didn't sleep very well. My dreams were plagued with night terrors and I kept waking up in a panic. Shadows moved in the corners of my room. My door opened and closed by itself all night. But by far, the night terrors were the worst. Strange creatures with piercing yellow eyes, mangled bodies were all I could see. Their burnt covered hands would reach out to me as they called my name with raspy voices. Whether they were trying to seek help from me or kill me, I didn't know. I woke myself up screaming several times and each time, Jack was by my side. Each time I woke up, it felt like the temperature in my house had increased, leaving me drenched in my own sweat. I was scared. I didn't know what was happening to me 
or to my family. I fell back asleep after the last night terror and dreamt of absolutely nothing. The next morning, I woke up groggy and anxious. Jack was no longer by my side, which made me hope that my parents had come home. The smell of fresh cooked bacon almost confirmed their presence for me until I was reminded that my family was never the cook breakfast and eat together type. In our house, it was always fend for yourself. My mother was a horrible cook and my father refused to learn how. My eyes widened as my heart began to race. I flung myself out of bed and down the stairs as quickly as I could, which in hindsight doesn't sound like the best idea. But thankfully, instead of being greeted with a home invader or a serial killer, I was greeted by my mother. My dad was sat at the small table in the kitchen, reading the morning paper, and my sister had been lazily walking down the steps after me. Why are you such in a hurry, dumbass? She asked as she ruffled my hair. Her crude words drew a frown out of my mom. Riley, language, she said as my sister plopped down at the table next to my dad. Dad says it all the time, why can't I say it? Hey dad, shit. My father, not really even paying attention to their banter, smiled and high-fived my sister before my exasperated mother went back to her bacon on the stove. Are you just going to stand there or are you going to sit down? My dad finally said. My attention was broken from them as I heard a loud thud against the patio door. Jack had rammed his entire body against the glass, seemingly trying to break through. My once sweet and friendly dog was going ballistic, just absolutely losing his mind. He kept ramming into the door until my father got up to open it. And Jack's body language turned defensive as I stepped closer to see what was going on. Stay back, everyone. Something's going on with Jack. My dad said in a low voice, trying not to provoke him. A worn grimace adorned his face at the sight of our dog. Jack's stance was low to the ground and his growls were frequent. He was ready to attack at any given moment. My father just closed the blinds so that he could no longer see us in hopes he would calm himself down. And for the time being, it seemed to work. As the week went on, each member of my family had tried to coax Jack back inside but he constantly refused. About two weeks into this crazy mess, I went outside with him to see if he was actually okay or not. My dad warned me and told me to be careful as he left for work that day. Eventually, my mom and sister left too, leaving me all alone with our dog. Once everyone was gone, all signs of aggression with him had faded. He seemed like his normal self. Well, 
almost. He kept rolling over an abnormally green patch of grass and whining. I laid there with him in hopes he would calm down, but to no avail. At one point, he even began digging on that same spot, and I had to forcibly drag him away. Jack, what has gotten in... I stopped my sentence short. My mouth hung open in shock from what I found. There, staring up at me, was a single blue eye hanging down from its socket. Upon the discovery, Jack started barking again, but this time with no aggression. I let him dig a little further until I realized whose body was in our backyard. One by one, I let him dig a little further until I realized whose body was in our backyard. One by one, we uncovered the bodies of my now decaying family. Their bodies were mangled and covered in intense burns, just like the strange creatures from my dream. The first night, they hadn't come home. My mind and heart were racing. Who did this? Who had buried them without me noticing? All of those questions ran through my mind and I suddenly felt very dizzy. I felt myself hit the grass next to what used to be my sister. I sat there with Jack, whimpering next to me for about 10 minutes before I was able to compose myself. After a few more seconds, I sighed and stood up. I knew what I had to do. I ended up making my way to the shed, grabbing a shovel, and I began to bury the bodies once again. I was as careful as I could be, so it looked like no one had dug them up in the first place. The cover-up job looked a little janky, but I didn't care. All I hoped was that my family wouldn't be able to tell what had happened. You see, the reason I'm telling this is because I think that my family has caught on to my little pretending act. I've known for about two weeks now, and I think the worst part of it all is that I don't know how to tell them that I know. I don't know who or what they are, but frankly, I don't care. My whole life I have been neglected and left out by my abusive parents. I've even been sexually assaulted by some of my sister's friends because they were bored and all of my family just didn't care. Whoever has been impersonating my family for the past month treats me so much better. I'm included, no longer ridiculed or left to be the family slave. Jack may not like or trust them, but really, who cares what the dog thinks? I liked my old family just fine, but I like this new family much better. And so, I'm telling you all this to say that if I end up missing or dead, just know that it's okay.
There's no need to look for me. I'll be fine with this family, regardless if they decide to keep me around or not. I'm the happiest I've ever been in a while, so honestly, my fate now doesn't matter much at all. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.